0: Welcome back to episode 22 of Inside Eye Football, it's the uh, second week of June, it's uh, warm outside, I'm sports editor Matt Daniels with the News Gazette, joined by beat writer Colin Likas, so Colin it's obviously like I just said, it's warm outside, it's the second week of June you're completely inundated with high school postseason coverage this week right being outside you're about to go to charleston later this week for mm-hmm. the ihsa girls state track meet yep wear sunscreen i have to and of course this is the appropriate time to talk about the fact that we are unveiling our 85th news Gazette All State mm-hmm. football team because that just seems like the appropriate <laughs> so thing to do in this time of year in yeah. on june 9th
1: june. yeah that's part of uh that's part of life in the COVID era i guess and that's <laughs> That's okay, because it's better than not having a team, which would not be acceptable. There was a lot of good football played, even very very short stretch this year, just six games max for each team, and a lot of teams didn't get that many, but yeah, we're going to unveil it this coming Sunday, talk to our player of the year already, got the first team all picked out, have to round out the rest of our special mention 100 soon, but uh, we're going to dive into some more All-State stuff, I think, toward the end of this podcast, because you came up with a fun draft idea you don't have involving. To say it's fun Colin I, I mean I think I, I, I got to look up some guys who I didn't know and I, I'm sure I didn't do enough research I'm going to totally miss a couple people who like played in the NFL <laughs> and I just wasn't aware of it and it's going to make me feel bad later
0: just to uh, just to let our listeners know, Colin always brings his laptop into the podcast mm-hmm. studio every week. But I'm pretty sure he's writing one of his 78 stories <laughs> that he still has to write this I'm, week. I'm
1: mostly just watching Twitter to make sure nothing happens during <laughs> during uh, Colin, the time. We're in here. Colin never sleeps.
0: Uh, for those out there wondering, and he's at pretty much every important high school event uh, in this area the last two months, while also maintaining Illinois football duties as well. So, Colin, I think I speak for all of our listeners appreciate all your your hard work and effort and i also want to reinforce the fact wear sunscreen down in charleston these next few days
1: you absolutely have to it's a it's a it's a must must do won't be outside for quite as long as we normally are um uh, considering all of the athletes have their own class mm-hmm. own days basically uh it's only like six hour days instead <laughs> of like 10 hour days um which is certainly appreciated because the 10 hour days tend to be absolutely exhausting and considering i don't know if they'll provide us with food and drink this year because COVID era mm-hmm. dictates that food and drink can't be sold anywhere basically um uh, it might make it even worse if we were outside for 10 hours and barely had any any food or water because the stuff you bring on your own just goes very, very quickly. But. I feel
0: like you've earned enough cachet over the years, Colin, <laughs> uh, covering all the the things you do for us and enough clout that you should just be able to walk into O'Brien Stadium down in Charleston on the campus of Eastern Illinois, Eastern Illinois University. Go Big Blue. Uh, <laughs> to just have kind of one of those... Um, have one of those contraptions attached to your head where you have just have like a water bottle. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Then no one could, no one should be able to say anything to you. I know Scott, I know Scott Ritchie, our, our Illinois men's basketball beat writer who also dabbles in some high school coverage as well. And during these busy times on, on the prep scene, um, had a backpack, I think that he took once and had a water bottle contraption out of it as well. Those are options,
1: Colin. I'll come up with something. Okay. I'm not worried. (laughs) Just wear the sunscreen. (laughs) Will do. (laughs) All
0: right. Let's talk some Illinois football, which hopefully is why you all are listening to this uh, award-winning podcast. Uh, Some relatively important news (coughs) ran in the pages uh, of the News Gazette this past Saturday. Uh, Our veteran columnist Bob Osmussen confirmed uh, a question that's kind of been lingering for Illinois football for the past few months or so is what's going on with Mike Epstein. Right. And Bob was able to talk to his dad, Dave Epstein, and then Dave confirmed to Bob that that Mike Epstein is indeed coming back to Illinois for the 2021 season. Your thoughts, Colin?
1: Uh, good news for Illinois, certainly. Um, good news for Mike Epstein, too. Uh, I would assume this means that he is not too, too beat up, too nagged by the, the several injuries he suffered during his college career, to, to go again, which is good. I think there's still some stuff left on the table for him as far as being a running back goes and performance because, you know, so many of his seasons have been cut short by injury. Uh, Last season, you know, he he was kind of one of his most full seasons but didn't really get to fully flesh it out because it was a shortened season where there was all sorts of issues for all sorts of teams related to COVID. So hopefully Mike Epstein can have a normal injury-free final season to conclude his Illinois career and be part of a backfield a really robust dynamic backfield. Um I mean this is you can never have too many um good bodies mm-hmm. or bodies in general for uh, <laughs> a college football team any football team really but yeah on a college football team I mean injuries happen obviously guys make decisions to you know Maybe maybe a guy would make a decision to step away from a program. That's what Mike Epstein could have done. Uh, people make decisions all the time. Injuries happen, things like that. So it's never a bad thing to have a capable, proven, experienced running backs. Uh, yeah, the running back room is a little crowded now. Uh, yes, it will be kind of difficult to find touches for all of these guys, but I'm sure um, the conversations that Brett Bieleman and his staff had with Mike Epstein probably assured him that there would be touches for uh, all the key members of this running back room So Jace Brown will get his touches Mike Epstein will get his touches Chase Hayden probably going to get his mm-hmm. touches And I'm sure Reggie Love will get mixed in there as well And if that sounds like a lot of guys To try and share the ball with I mean it, it, it is But it also gives the Illinois offense a lot of different looks I think because mm-hmm. those running backs Aren't all the same person So you mix it up, opponents don't know exactly what to expect Coming out of the backfield Some of those guys have, have slightly different skill sets So I think overall this benefits illinois and just hope mike Epstein can stay healthy this year
0: yeah and, and long gone are the days of, of college football where you're seeing running backs carry the ball 30 35 oh, yeah. times a game yeah. um so it's it's a nice way to to mix and match and, and give offensive coordinator mm-hmm. tony peterson some some different options to use in the backfield as well and yep. uh also can't mm-hmm. overlook the fact too just kind of the the presence that Mike Epstein will will bring uh, to this Illinois football program Uh, a guy that's been connected to the program now for almost six years dating back to his commitment in August 2015 uh, and just a, a veteran presence that you can have uh, around that locker room uh, should be a benefit for for Brett Bielema going into his uh, into the first season like Colin said we'll just have to wait and see how all the the carries manage themselves out uh, if Chase Brown asserts himself and kind of becomes mm-hmm. that featured back how does that Affect Epstein's role? Is he more of a, a complimentary back? Is he a situational back? Um, do you try to use, utilize him more? Maybe in the pass game? Those are all all questions that will need to be answered. But it, it gives Illinois um, versatility in that running back room. And you already, as a as a fan, as a media member, as even as a coach, I think you kind of know what to expect out of those guys based on the fact that they've performed uh, at the Big Ten level in the past. So. Uh, just glad to have some finality on on that, and like Colin said, and I think um, a lot of people can echo the sentiment, sentiment too. Is just you want to see Mike Epstein healthy for the entire season in in twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's one of the quotes that uh, Bob got from Mike's dad was, uh, at the end of the day, his body was going to have to be the final, the final. Dictator Mm -hmm. That sounds weird Uh, (laughs) There was never a doubt In his heart He was going to come back He just had to make sure The body was on the same page So uh, Yeah It sounds like Mike Epstein wants to Continue to play football For as long as he's able to do But Ultimately the body Breaks down over time In a game like this And You mentioned this to me I think earlier in the week That um Skill position players named Mike recently have not had a good run of luck with injuries in the Illinois program. Obviously, we all saw Mikey Dudek's amazing Mm -hmm. freshman season as a receiver and then just watches his body just refuse to let him get Mm. on the field. Uh, Mike Epstein's case has not been quite as severe as that, but it's been one of those things where you know there was more potential in there, especially some of those Illinois teams that struggled while he was on the roster and he just couldn't play. Um, now that you know a new era is starting and a chance for Bealama's staff and and his first team to make a good impression and maybe bring some laps fans back into the Illinois fold, uh, it, I think it really helps to have somebody who you know, as long as they're healthy, can run the football effectively against mm-hmm. against Big Ten defenses.
0: Uh, earlier this week, too, uh, on Monday, Illinois football uh, added another commit to the twenty twenty two class, mm-hmm. uh, a guy that last in, last week at this time got his offer from Illinois in Malachi Hood uh, a linebacker 210 pound linebacker out of Joliet Catholic on on Monday he made his decision uh, and and committed to the Atlanta after an official visit this past weekend uh, here in Champaign he's the ninth commit in the class of 2022 right now which is the most of any Big Ten West team At the moment, uh, Illinois is in the top 30 uh, nationally in in the recruiting class, according to uh, rivals in 247 sports. Um, He's also the second Joe Lake Catholic product in the class, joining teammate and running back Jordan Anderson. The fifth in-state commit so far in the 2022 class, uh, which I'd have to go back and do some research, but that seems at least... The last two or three combined classes of the Lovey Smith Air didn't right. have that many in-state products, possibly. Um, so yeah, it's, it seems uh, Bielema keeps stacking some some prospects. Again, these guys aren't four-star or five-star prospects according to the the recruiting services. And, and Hood Hood's Illinois offer was his first offer right. of any kind. He'd been hearing from schools and had some interest from other. Uh, schools even some of the Big Ten but hadn't gotten that offer yet until Illinois did but he he pulled the trigger shortly after and yep. also the first defensive player in the class of 2022 for for Brett Bielema
1: yeah I think you kind of have to jump on that opportunity if you're Malachi Hood and the first program that offers you is uh, is the U of I especially with all the positive momentum they've gained in state um, you've already got a Joliet Catholic kid and Jordan Anderson as you said in-state recruiting is going strong and then the timing was just kind of perfect because they had this um, big kind of welcome to mm-hmm. Memorial Stadium last weekend as the NCAA recruiting period, dead period, ended on uh, June 1st. Uh, I've seen tons of pictures and posts on social media following that that just all seemed to ring positive. Malachi Hood was among those who seemed to have a very positive experience. I mean, part of his a uh, picture he posted on social media when he announced his commitment was him and his him and his mom posing mm-hmm. for a photo with him in his Illinois gear. Um, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for Malachi Hood uh, getting somebody on the defense is a good starting <laughs> point. You're kind of wondering, okay, Illinois is just going to keep piling up recruits but are they going to get somebody on the defensive side Mm -hmm. of the ball eventually and uh, Malachi Hood can start that off and maybe that starts an influx of defensive guys you know once one domino falls a lot more seem to fall it could be in state guys could be out of state guys Um, a lot of guys showed up to that uh, that event at Memorial Stadium over the weekend that seemed to have a positive experience and I mean those guys Malachi Hood was in a unique spot where he had an Illinois offer right off the bat they were the first team Mm -hmm. to show him something and why wouldn't you jump at that a lot of these other guys who showed up had have more offers they've got they've got some some things to kind of consider uh, some of these guys you know like I think of, of a guy like Aiden Loffrey over at mm-hmm. Gibson City where he's got offers from like five or six Big Ten schools at mm-hmm. this point he was here for the uh, the sh- the mm-hmm. Memorial Stadium events but you know he's probably gonna go to some other events mm-hmm. as well at, at some other schools I've, as, I've, as, he sh- as, he should. as he should you got to explore your options so everybody's in a different boat but Good for Malachi Hood, good for the Illinois recruiting class slash defense. Now we just see if maybe the defense can add a, a few more names here over the coming months. Uh,
0: another interesting column uh, that, that ran today in, in Wednesday's News that mm-hmm. Bob Osmussen uh, talked to Kim Buckner, former Illinois defensive lineman in the early to mid-2000s who's now a, a state representative. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of Chicago, and touched on a lot of topics, but namely uh... in-state gambling. And I'm gonna say right now, I'm I'm not a gambler. <laughs> I uh, I don't drop down. I don't have a bookie. I call. I don't have bets. <laughs> they even have bookies anymore. Oh yeah, bookies exist. You okay. just
1: it's more of a seedy underside thing. I would think, <laughs> especially especially now that there's more things you can do online. Colin, Colin
0: is our uh... resident gambling expert, so to say. Uh, went to vegas for three months what four summers ago yeah don't do that again to me please (laughs) um to go play poker for a bit
1: a little bit yeah okay about about three months what what are
0: your what are your what's your takeaway on this whole all the the gambling debate in the in the state of Illinois it's legal to gamble on sports in Illinois but Mm -hmm. it's not legal yet to gamble on in-state college teams but that may soon
1: change yeah i mean i I think it probably will change at some point i think it's just kind of a matter of time it's Mm -hmm. sort of like it's not the not the same argument but it's sort of like the ongoing literally today ongoing ncaa debates with name image and Mm -hmm. likeness It's something that's going to happen eventually i mean if you can bet on most teams but not just a few it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense Uh, people who there are a lot of people who are going to be willing to put money on this and it's going to in some form or fashion benefit the state boost the state's bottom line Mm -hmm. and for a state like illinois that's been known to not always have the best budget situation (laughs) i don't think you can really pass up that opportunity uh realistically and i i mean reading bob's column uh, cam buckner talks about how he understands josh whitman's situation about you know potentially CD happenings behind the scenes mm-hmm. you know what 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 could happen if uh we start allowing gambling on in-state teams and then point shaving and mm-hmm. things like that but here's the thing that's stuff that and uh, it's kind of pointed out in the column as well that that's stuff that happens in general i don't think or trying to stop Mm -hmm. in-state gambling gambling on in-state teams is going to prevent something like that from happening. If people want to do something shady involving sports betting, they're going to find a way to do it, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether or not it's through a legalized or illegal venture. So ultimately, I think it's something that will happen at some point, something that can probably be beneficial for the state of Illinois. I don't think it's going to largely detract from illinois football or any other in-state sports teams you know could something shady happen at some point sure but that could happen anywhere really so uh, i think it's only a matter of time it's not going to happen tomorrow but i think it'll happen eventually
0: all right well what will happen in the next few days is we will unveil our 85th news gazette all-state high school football team Mm -hmm. and if you could come in the News Gazette office and see the mount, mountain of paperwork on yeah. Colin Lykus' desk, he's gotten nomination from coaches all across the state.
1: Sorry um, about all the trees I killed to brown all the paper. <laughs> feel bad about that. I'm going to steal a
0: line from the release announcing uh, Brett Bielema. Colin's gotten. Uh, nominations from from Danville Quincy (laughs) from Waukegan down to Cairo Uh, it's uh, it's quite impressive what he's put together and and that'll be unveiled in in this Sunday's uh, News Gazette and Kyle and I've had numerous conversations about this in the office and I would say uh, again this this, we've been doing the News Gazette all state football team almost as long as Lauren Tate's been alive right. we've been doing a player of the year since 1978 mm-hmm. before you or I were born Callen, right. and we'll get to, to those in a little bit later in our draft but putting together this all-state football team I think and I did this for three or four years when I was on the beat mm-hmm. I think this is the most difficult one we've ever had to put together because it is such a small sample size right and because it's such a weird season yeah and all sorts of factors go into it and just think too once you've put this to bed you get to do another one in like five and a half months right yeah when uh when the the fall season in 2021 concludes i guess uh, explain to our listeners how you've kind of gone about this process and and what i know you've had your hand in this a, a few times before but not quite as mm-hmm. extensive as you've had this time what's it been like for you at all
1: Yeah, I mean it's the only thing you can really do is just rely on the coaches and the adults in this situation to send you the appropriate information because it's really hard to try and track down or fully understand what every athlete has done in each corner of Mm -hmm. the state we don't have a Brett Bielema network where we have a (laughs) bunch of people who are reaching out to here 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 and Mm -hmm. they know exactly what so-and-so is doing or can make a short trip to, or a long trip, or a medium-sized mm-hmm. trip to somewhere and find out what a kid is doing. Uh, there's going to be kids that we miss because we just had no idea about them. Um, that not, happens every year. Yeah, not, not every just, portion of not the, just this year. but it, yeah, this re- this year though, I think it's even more likely that it happens because I, I just think, you know, some people just didn't really feel like they felt like maybe this was just an exhibition season mm-hmm. kind of. And I, I can understand that. I mean, it was six games max, and a lot of teams didn't even get their six-game season. There were teams up north that got three. Mm-hmm. Um, some teams around here only got four. Some teams around here got less than four. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the most difficult part always in this, is trying to make sure you accurately represent the entire state and not just one region. Uh, by the same token, though, it's uh, you're also trying to weigh the accomplishments of kids in class one a, in class two a, in class three a, against the kids in class six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. there are certainly unique and special kids in class in the lower classes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got we got a Gibson City kid currently on the Illinois roster, and another one who could be on the Illinois roster mm-hmm. if Aiden Lawry decides that's that's what he wants. There's a kid in class one a who's going to Louisville out of Ottawa Marquette. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there is certainly accomplished kids in those lower classes. You look at all the higher classes, though, the competition is typically more difficult. You're talking about up in the the suburbs in the Chicagoland area. Mm -hmm. Uh, The recruiting is obviously a little bit different up there. You've got kids who are going off to Big Ten, Power Five schools just constantly. And the accomplishments they have, even if the numbers don't always show as big as the numbers from some of the kids downstate, The numbers are racked up against kids who are also going to Power 5 schools Mm -hmm. and Big 10 schools. It's just a different level of competition, and so that's something we've had to try. You have to try and find a balance on, and during a six-game season where the stats are all out of whack anyway and don't make a lot of sense to begin with, you're just really looking for those numbers um obviously we're talking about guys off outside of like the offensive and defensive mm-hmm. line where there's usually not a lot of numbers put up you're just looking for those numbers that just wow you you look at them and go okay this is this is some they did it against these guys mm-hmm. like this is this is a pretty serious uh, pretty pretty serious accomplishment especially in the covid era um so a lot of relying on coaches the Illinois High School Football Coaches Association also compiles all-state teams in all eight mm-hmm. classes. We rely on those a lot as well. Um, and, you know, you look at the past, too. I mean, we had our last all-state team was in 2019, mm-hmm. which technically was last school year. Some, some of those kids are still around. Some of those kids aren't, but the kids are still around. You see, did they maintain that same level of success? Did somebody on their team actually surpass them? And really all all you can do Is just do as much research as possible I mm-hmm. think and hope you come up With the right combination um, I think it's maybe a little easier To pick a, a player of the year Than it is to pick an entire first team <laughs> Just because <laughs> not everybody's Player of the year material it's yeah. just You gotta narrow it down to Okay here's five maybe ten mm-hmm. kids max Who yeah. are potential player of the year candidates First team you're talking like There's a pool of like 50 to 100 kids so mm-hmm. you could argue, okay, they belong in the first team. I think picking a player of the year was maybe, I think you and I talking about that, we got through that decision fairly easy. Mm-hmm. And the first team yesterday it was more like, okay, there's <laughs> there's some kids we can kind of, I mean, do they fit here? Do they yeah. not fit here? Yeah, it's it's
0: always an interesting dynamic too because uh, what our All State team is 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 a 33 player mm-hmm. first team, and what we try to do with that is we try to build an actual team. We don't sure. just load it up with you know 15 quarterbacks, 10 running backs, and throw like one linebacker, one defense. It's linebacker. We hard try not to, to do that, but yeah. yeah, that's what we try. We to do. we try to have kind of roster balance on on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball, and then we do a a special mention hundred. So basically, we're we're uh, representing 133 high school football players in a state like Illinois, that's got a more than 500 high school football right. programs. So it's yeah. a it's a daunting task, but Colin has been uh, more than handling it well. I'm um, happy with the first team we came <laughs> up with of 33 <laughs> players.
1: I think I think it's a good first team. Uh, I think it's and know, I think know, it's, the, it's not the, all 8A kids. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and, and that's, what, that's the one thing we try to do as
0: well as, and that's different from you know the the coaches association all state team that comes out that. Breaks down an all-state team by class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we group all 33 players in the first team and all special mention 100 from class 1A through 8A. Uh, so it's not broken down by by class or anything like that. Um, but yeah, like our players of the year, we've been doing them since, since 1978. And uh, let's get to our draft. It's kind of all right. heavy focus on past News Gazette, all-state players of the year. Sure. Spoiler alert, we're not going to have a repeat player of the year this year because... Yeah j.j mccarthy who won it in 2019 quarterback out of nazareth academy who's going to michigan uh transferred img academy in, in last summer i want to say yeah when it was unclear uh, if high school football was gonna be played in illinois this right. year uh so that was our most recent all-state play of the year in 2019 he was a junior when he won it our first one started in 1978 jimmy smith Running back from Kankakee, Westview.
1: Jimmy Smith has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Kankakee, Westview is no longer a high school. That's also <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah. And then we've had a bunch in in between. We just we've named one player a year every year since 1978. And what we're going to do here on this draft is Kyle and I are going to pick ten. Uh, just pick our our ten. Best All-State Players of the Year. We don't really have any parameters at all. No, um, because
1: I certainly do not know the high school accomplishments <laughs> of a fair number of these athletes. Neither do I, but so, I know some of them. So I'm extending this beyond <laughs> high school. I'm yeah, exactly. This to that, that, yeah, We're not just... We're not just taking a look
0: at what they did that particular season at all. Yeah. We're kind of looking at what they did in college, what they yeah. might have done in the NFL It would also well. be
1: impossible to compare what running back Jimmy Smith in 1978 did to running back Jakartia Wright in 2018. I think exactly. comparing those two as high school players would be insane. <laughs> all right. Well, Colin, with all that said, you get the first pick. All right. With my first pick, um, I'm going to take a name that's familiar to fans in the Pittsburgh area, okay. uh, Antoine Randall L., um, Maybe isn't, I don't know if there's a consensus first pick here, really, but I think Anton. He, <laughs> he was mine. What's that? He was mine. Okay, cool. <laughs> Anton Randall, 1996 out of uh, Thornton um selected as uh, a quarterback mm-hmm. of course everybody knows Antoine Randall was a pretty uh, unique player he could certainly uh, line up for plays as a quarterback with the, the Steelers I remember some trick plays that were run uh, Ben Roethlisberger of course has been the Steelers quarterback since as Kendrick Green reminded him pretty much <laughs> since Kendrick <laughs> Green was born uh but Antoine Randall always uh, got in some plays as the quarterback where he'd throw the ball sometimes but obviously best known as a kick returner and a running back um won a super bowl in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. um and now he's now he's a coach too he uh coached for the tampa bay buccaneers now he's with the the detroit lions as a receivers coach so he's jim rosso's favorite coach (laughs) i I don't know if jim even knows antoine randall is a lions coach right now but um yeah antoine randall uh really successful football career Mm -hmm. ongoing Uh, i'm taking him first
0: yeah went from thornton to uh Prolific numbers at, at Indiana mm-hmm. for some Hoosiers teams that, that weren't all that great, but he was electric pretty much every Saturday yep. uh, on the field. Also, a really accomplished athlete in high school too. Was on the the boys basketball teams at Thornton that had those epic state title game clashes with Peoria Emanuel in the mid 1990s. Also played baseball too, I believe. Yep. So
1: electric is a good way to describe him as an athlete. I think.
0: All right, my first pick, uh, I'm going to stay in the same location of cool. Illinois, and I'm going to go with our 2002 winner, uh, Pierre Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Running back out of Thornton Fractional South, name that's familiar to a lot of Illinois fans. Uh, he came to Illinois and uh, committed under Ron Turner and played for him and Ron Zook. Um, then embarked upon a pretty lengthy NFL career, uh, won a Super Bowl with New Orleans Saints, uh, was just a versatile running back, uh, also contributed in the return game as well, could catch passes out of the backfield and, and also run between the tackles, so um, I think he's a guy that, maybe some Illinois fans didn't think would prosper as much as he did in the NFL, Mm -hmm. but uh, certainly put together a a solid pro career after a more than above average Illinois career. Just kind of had the unfortunate timing of playing on some, some Illinois teams that weren't all that great. So he might've gotten overlooked or overshadowed a bit, but my first pick, I'm going to go Pierre Thomas, uh, our 2002 winner out of Thornton fractional South.
1: All right. Uh, I think with my, See, those two are like really (laughs) obvious picks because they went on to long (laughs) NFL careers. Yes. Unless I totally, (coughs) excuse me, unless I totally overlook someone, I don't think anyone else on this list has. Actually, there's one other guy. One, yeah. At least one other guy Mm -hmm. who's had kind of a lengthy NFL career, but those two being more recent guys, um, I think obviously they stand out. Uh, with my next pick, I'm not going with somebody who had uh, any long NFL career. He was briefly in the NFL, mm-hmm. but I'm going to appeal to our Illinois side <laughs> a little bit and go with Terry Hawthorne with my second right. pick. Drafted by the
0: Steelers, and
1: yeah, uh, had a-, a brief career with the uh, the Steelers. Also was with the uh, the Calgary Stampeders. Okay, so uh, that's obviously not in the NFL, but it's still professional football. So Shout that, out that, to the Grey Cup. That counts for that counts for something. But yeah, Terry Hawthorne, 2008 player of the year out of East St. Louis as a receiver. Uh, went on to play at Illinois, mm-hmm. is around here now, of course. Mm-hmm. His Wikipedia page is not updated <laughs> to reflect <laughs> that. But, yeah, he uh, he recently came back in the uh, Brent Bielema tenure, It's something he's wanted to do for a while, and now he got to do it. He'll get to uh, interact with some recruits, interact with some alumni like himself, and potentially make the Illinois program a little bit stronger as a result. Um, and you know, East St. Louis—I don't think you can go wrong with anybody out of East St. Louis mm-hmm. as as a choice just for what they did in high school. East St. Louis, of course, a powerhouse football program. Solid pick. Uh, I'm going to go with uh,
0: another. Basically, I, I would say the majority of these players play at powerhouse programs. You're not That's winning, fair. You're not winning Player of the Year if you are a star on a team that went one and eight that's no that's just, fair. that's, that's fair. really not gonna happen but uh, this program out of new Lennox has been known for decades to have really really good football and he is our first and so far only one out of Providence Catholic and that's 2014 winner miles Boykin yeah uh, wide receiver uh, was a stud recruit out of high school ended up going to Notre Dame had a very solid career with the Fighting Irish on some really good teams under Brian Kelly. Ended up getting drafted with the Baltimore Ravens, still with the Ravens as a wide receiver. Uh, more as kind of a complimentary guy out in, out in Baltimore, not kind of their their number one target at all. But uh, he's a guy that just um, a lot was placed on him at an early age. And, and he exceeded those expectations in his high school career and then obviously excelled. In college at Notre Dame as well, and now in the NFL. So, uh, my second pick, I go Miles Boykin, our our 2014 winner out of Providence Catholic wide receiver.
1: And he certainly could go on to have a a lengthy NFL career like some of the other guys Mm -hmm. we've mentioned. Well, remains to be seen. Um,. My third pick, I'm going back in the time machine a little bit to a guy who did he was in the NFL for eight seasons, which is nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Oliver Gibson out of okay. Romeoville, the nineteen eighty nine player of the year at linebacker uh he went on to have an NFL career with the Steelers and Bengals which are two teams that you wouldn't think would be your only two teams in your career considering <laughs> how much they hate each other but <laughs> i guess Oliver Gibson did not care he just uh he wanted to play some football and, and get paid and get paid and that's <laughs> totally fine but yeah went to Notre Dame as well uh drafted in the 4th round in 1995 and then yeah spent his time with two teams and Carving out nearly a 10-year NFL career at a very, very demanding position like linebacker is really all you can ask for. So um, I'm going to go with Oliver Gibson at my third pick.
0: Solid choice. Uh, I'm going to go a little more recent now with my third pick, but although it's kind of hard for me to believe, it's been almost a decade since he was named our our Player of the Year, and that is is Wes Lunt, Mm -hmm. a quarterback out of Rochester who won the award in in 2011. Uh, Put up prolific numbers for the Rockets just outside Springfield in, in his high school career. Uh, went to Oklahoma State for his freshman season, started as a true freshman at times, and injuries kind of uh, derailed him there, but then he transferred to Illinois and became the starting quarterback for parts of three seasons uh, with the Illini. Just had a um, had a presence about him in the pocket, given him enough time to throw. He could make pretty much any throw you would you would want out of a quarterback and uh, pass for more than... 5,000 yards at, at Illinois in the top 10 all time in, in school history. Um, the guy that came back to play for his, for his home state school and, and, you know, fitted, did well for himself mm-hmm. here in Champaign. And obviously what he did at Rochester to lean into a couple state titles, uh, that offense was kind of ahead of its time in, in the early 2010s. Uh, and just Lunt was the engine that, that drove it there. So. Yeah. My third pick, uh Wes Lunt, our, our twenty eleven winner quarterback out of Rochester.
1: All right, so with my fourth pick I'm gonna stay at the same position and go with John Butcher okay. um, out of Wheaton, Warrenville South in nineteen ninety eight. I had a pretty prolific senior season over there where I threw for 60 touchdowns, which is a number I just can't fathom, really. Yeah, (laughs) it's not something that yeah, around here it's seemingly impossible. Just with the way offenses are run anymore, not a lot of throwing that much, so you could throw for 60 touchdowns. I obviously went on to be briefly at at Iowa and then over at uh, Illinois transferred. And now he's still in the state and imparting his wisdom upon high school kids at Lyons Township as the coach there, and yeah, I think that's all that really needs to be said. John Butcher, I think, is a good good pick.
0: Yeah, no, um, for sure, he uh, he definitely lit up, uh, you know, the the sco- the stats in in his senior year at, at Wheaton Warrenville South, and I think that was the first. I don't know if the timing may be off. It was right around the time when the state finals moved from mm-hmm. normal uh, at Hancock Stadium over to Champaign here. And I can't remember if he played a state title game in Champaign at all, but I definitely remember hearing about him uh, in his high school career and, and all he accomplished at, at Wheaton Warrenville South. Um, all right. Solid pick. Um, my fourth pick Um, I stay with the quarterbacks. Sure. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'll just stick with go with the keep the keep the Wheaton Warrenville South pipeline going. <laughs> uh our twenty ten winner, uh name known to a lot of Illinois fans as well, Riley O'Toole. Um, really shine for the Tigers in, in high school and, and Ron Zook recruited him to to Illinois. I know his college career probably didn't pan out. Quite the way he envisioned when he first signed, uh, mostly as a backup to to Nathan Schiehlhaus, but then he did play towards the the latter part of his career and started a few games and memorably led Illinois to a bowl game in in 2014 with his performance down the stretch of the season. All in all, just a good dude as well. Uh, Very Mm -hmm. relatable, always could crack a joke, kept you on your toes with uh, everything he was going to say and uh, just really seemed to... Enjoy playing for Illinois and everything that came with it. So uh, my fourth pick, uh, I'll go Riley O'Toole, our our 2010 winner out of Wheaton Warrenville South. Got one pick left, Colin. Got one pick left. Do some deep diving on Google. uh,
1: I, I am going to continue sticking with the quarterback position here. Uh, and I am going to go with Greg Williams out of Brook from okay. 1993. Sounds good. Um, he's gone on to have a pretty lengthy career as an NFL coach. Uh, he's currently coaching the Arizona Cardinals uh, cornerbacks, which quite a bit different from quarterback, but the two positions obviously compete pretty well uh, during a typical game. A cornerback is trying to read what a quarterback is doing, so I guess Greg Williams kind of fit into that role perfectly. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's coached for several teams. This is not the Greg Williams who was involved in Bounty Gates, so don't worry, I'm not <laughs> picking that guy. I'm picking Greg Williams out of Bolingbrook, mm-hmm. who won our Player of the Year award back in 1993. All right, I'm going to stay in that
0: same era with my fifth and final pick. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a running back uh, out of East St. Louis 30 years ago, Chris Moore. Uh, starred for the Flyers just uh, at the time they were really establishing themselves as a premier program in the state of Illinois under Bob Shannon. That's when East St. Louis still had two high schools, East St. Louis and East St. Louis Lincoln, but East St. Louis was known as, as the football powerhouse and Chris Moore was just an exceptional running back mm-hmm. for the Flyers in the early 1990s. Um, rushed for more than 5,000 yards in his high school career. Uh, was set to play at Illinois, but I think some academic issues kind of curtailed That plan for him, but still, what he accomplished uh, on the high school field, uh, I'm sure, is still talked about uh, down in East St. Louis. And uh, for my fifth and final pick, I'm going to go Chris Moore, our 1991 winner running back out of East St. Louis. That was fun, Colin. Yeah,
1: we, uh, I think we put together a pretty good team there.
0: Kind of cover, covered a lot of eras as well. Yeah, so. yeah, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you can see the full list of our uh, All-State Player of the Year winners in this Sunday's News Gazette, where you can see our 85th News Gazette All-State football team. For Colin Likas, I'm Matt Daniels. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week for more of Inside Atlanta Football.